0: Al-Rahim. So far, we have learned about the writing part, writing the contract part. Now, there is another thing that is involved when it comes to such a contract, and what is that? The witnesses. So, a, you have to write down this transaction, and b, witnesses have to be brought to witness that transaction. So Allah says, وَاستَشْهِدُوا and seek witnesses. Seen ta. What does that indicate? Seeking. So ask someone to bear witness. From Sheen Hadal. Who are you going to ask to bear witness? Shahidaini. Two witnesses. Min from Rijalikum your men. Rijal is a plural of Rajul. And Rajul is a man. Not a boy, but who? A man. And not a woman, but who? A man. Remember that Rajul is not person, because person can apply to male, female, young, old. But Rajul is who? A man, masculine, M-A-N. Okay. So was Tashehidu Shahidaini? is the dual of Shahid. Mirrijali رِجَالِكُمْ from your men. Now notice how it says your men. What does it mean by this? Your men. What do you think that means? from your tribe from your family but what if a person is travelling or a person doesn't have any relatives like many of us living here we don't have any relatives in this country yes muslim okay so the first condition is that the witnesses have to be muslim secondly it has also been said that mirijalikum means that the men have to be free men not slaves why not slaves Not that we have slaves right now, but when there were slaves, why weren't slaves allowed to bear witness to such contracts? Because slaves are owned by their masters. And if their master says, you're going to give the wrong testimony, then what is that slave going to do? And what if that slave is sold? Or he's freed and he goes back home to another country? Now where are they going to get that witness from? So this is the reason why only the free people. So the first condition is Muslim, secondly free, and from the word Rijal, what do we understand? that They have to be grown adult men. So Shahidaini, Mir Rijalikum. When it comes to Katib, Katib, the scribe, we learned earlier, the word is Katibun, any scribe. It could be Muslim, could be non Muslim even. And we see that at the time of the Khulafah, there were people who were non Muslim, but they were professional scribes. But when it comes to witnesses, they have to be Muslim. Why? Because a witness is saying, I swear by Allah. Now if a person doesn't even believe in Allah, then they can say, I swear by Allah and say the wrong thing. But if a person has iman, it is more likely that he will speak the truth. So, was شَهِدَيْنِ مِنْ رِجَالِكُمْ But, what if a person wants that a woman should be a witness? Let's say, a man is taking a loan, and he wants that his mother or his wife or his sister or his daughter, because they are heavily involved in financial matters, he wants that one of them should be a witness to that transaction. Is that possible? Yes. Allah says, Fain than if lam yakuna they are not. Yakuna duo. They too are not. Meaning the two witnesses are not رَجُلَيْنِ two men. Rajulain dual of rajul, Meaning if the two witnesses are not men, why? For whatever reason. It doesn't mean that a woman can only witness when the men are not present. No, even in the presence of men, a woman can be asked to witness. It's up to the people involved in the loan, the debtor, the creditor, to decide who the witnesses are. So, يَكُونَ رَجُلَيْنَ If the witnesses are not two men, then Allah says, فَرَجُلٌ Then one man, and وَمْرَأَتَانِ And two women. إِمْرَأَتَان is a dual of إِمْرَأَة. And Imra'ah is a woman. Then one man and two women are going to witness that contract. But these witnesses, whoever they are, whether it is two men, or one man and two women, whoever the witnesses are, Allah says they are going to be who? Mimman from those people who? Tardauna. You all are pleased with. Minashuhada from witnesses. Shuhada, plural of shaheed. Meaning they should be such individuals who are acceptable, acknowledged for their honesty. They have a good reputation in the Muslim society. And notice the word Tardauna. This is plural, not dual you all refers to the Muslim Ummah, not the creditor and the debtor. Because the creditor-debtor might say, no, I don't want this person as a witness. The other will say, no, I want him to be the witness. The other says, no, I don't want her to be the witness. And the other says, no, I want her to be the witness. So if the witnesses are left to the creditor-debtor, then there will be an endless dispute. So who can the witnesses be? People who are well-respected Accepted as righteous, honest people in the society. Who can the witnesses be? Competent, acceptable, trustworthy people known in the community. So for example, an uncle from the masjid. Okay? Like we typically have. You know some uncle from the masjid. This uncle comes to the masjid regularly. Have you ever been to their house? No. But you just know them to be a good person. He's always there. You know, at the masjid, he comes five times a day, he's there at Jummah time, he's there when it's Ramadan. So he's well-respected in the community. All the people know him. You understand? So, ممن ترضون من الشهداء People who are accepted in the community. Ibn Abbas رضي الله he said once that, شَهِدَ عِنْدِي رِجَالٌ مَرْضِيُّونَ رِجَالٌ مَرْضِيُّونَ Meaning people who are Accepted, approved of by the Muslim Ummah. They bore witness in front of me. And he was referring to the Sahaba. One of them was Umar. And then he narrated the hadith said Umar said such and such that the Prophet said such and such. So he used the word Rijalun mardiyun, meaning people who are well known in the community, accepted. They have a good reputation. So ممن min من الشهداء. Now, what do we see here? Who are the witnesses? Two men. And if not two men, then one man and two women. I have a question for you. Can you have only two women as witnesses? Only two women. No. You have to have two women and one man. Another question. Can it be four women and no men? Because if you think about it, one man is being replaced by two women. So can you have first person replaced by two women and the second man replaced by two women? No. It's not about the woman's testimony being half. No. It's not about that. It's about having two people as witnesses. Now, we see that originally there are two men. That's ideal. Why? Because when it comes to financial matters... Who has the responsibility been laid on? The men. But does that mean that a woman cannot have anything to do with financial matters? Of course she can. But primarily, this load is on who? The men. This is why the men have to be a part of this. But if you don't want a man to be a witness, then you can have a woman, obviously. But then, you cannot have one woman. You will have two women. Why two women? What's the reason behind that? Why not just one woman? Allah gives a reason over here. And what is that reason? On that, meaning just in case, تَضِلَّ She errs. She makes a mistake. تَضِلَّ from the root letters, Dalal. What does dalal mean? To get lost, to go astray. So she is testifying, and halfway through she gets lost. Was it 2,000 or was it 20,000? And women are very good at such things. I'm not saying that men are not, but women are good at this. So, Just in case one of them errs, she makes a mistake, then, then she will remind. She will remind. Who will remind? One of them two, the other. So just in case one forgets, then the other will remind her. Ukhra from the root letters, Hamza khara. This means that the testimony is not going to be given by both the women. That both say together, we bear witness that such and such amount was borrowed on this day and was to be returned by this person on this day. No, both of them don't give the testimony together. Only one of them gives it. But just in case she forgets, then the other will remind her. So this means that both of them are allowed to discuss and talk even during the testimony. إِحْدَاهُمَا فَتُذَكِّرَ إِحْدَاهُمَا الْأُخْرَىٰ Now, why is it that a woman, you know, she is mentioned that if she forgets, then the other will remind her. And for the men, this has not been said that if he forgets, then the other will remind him. When it comes to the testimony of the men, each person's testimony will be taken separately. So basically you need two testimonies. What do you need? Two testimonies. So the first person, he says, I bear witness $20,000 were taken. The other witness, he says, I bear witness that $25,000 were taken. These are two testimonies, two separate ones. So what you need at the end of the day is two separate testimonies. Now, in the case where there are two women and one man, again, the man will say, I bear witness, twenty thousand dollars were taken. And the women, one of them says, I bear witness, twenty thousand dollars were taken, but the other mind said, No, it wasn't twenty, it was twenty five. Remember? He said such and such, and then he said twenty five, and she said, Oh yeah, it was twenty five. Okay? So the point is that if the men their testimony contradicts, then it will be rejected it will be rejected. But the women, women, their testimony will not be rejected. Why? Because both are allowed to discuss amongst each other. They are both allowed to discuss amongst each other. So their testimony will not be rejected. Whatever they decide, agree within themselves, it will be taken. But if their testimony contradicts the testimony of the other man, then it will be rejected. Do you understand? If the testimony of the women contradicts the testimony of the man, then both the people, their testimony will be rejected. Why? Because there is a contradiction. So it's not about having two women testify at the end of the day. What is it? Two testimonies that you need. But then why do you allow two women to give one testimony and one man to give only one testimony? Why? This is, you can say, creating ease for the women. Allah... Subhanahu wa ta'ala is very, very gentle, very loving and very caring when it comes to the women. We think this is not justice. This is not equality. You know what? Allah is being extra nice with you and there you are saying, oh, we want the conditions to be more strict with us. I always mention this, that I see girls with their buddies, with their friends everywhere even when they go to the washroom. Isn't it? One is using the restroom and the other is waiting outside for her holding her jacket. One is putting on makeup and the other is watching her. Yeah, do it a little bit here. Do it a little bit there. Just fix it from here. Can I smell your perfume? Can I take your cream? Can I borrow it? Which one is it? Constantly, girls are together. You won't see this with boys. That one is in the washroom and the other is standing outside with this jacket. (laughs) You'll never see them. That one is doing wudu and the other is telling him, fix your beard from here. Or fix your hair from here. Never. Girls need girls. Isn't it? They feel happier. They feel relaxed. They feel more secure. Isn't it so? You feel more secure when you're with your friends. Yes. She's saying that she once saw it in a comedy show that when a man wants to go to the washroom, he'll just get up and go. But when a woman wants to go, she will tell her friend, let's go to the washroom. So imagine if she doesn't feel secure going to the washroom alone, please come with me. I don't want to go alone. You think she's going to want to go to the court alone? And bear witness alone? You might say, yeah, I'm able to do that. I don't need any friend. Yes, you may be. But the majority of the women, okay? considering that we have different kinds of societies all over the world, different kinds of women... This is why this rule has been given. And this is also to protect the woman so that no one can oppress her. No one can tell the woman, you know, for example, the husband or the uncle or another individual, you better say 25,000. Otherwise, you're done. Because if she says 20, her friend will say, no, it was 25. Do you see what I mean? So the girl is being protected. Allah is being more lenient with her as opposed to the men. So this is for our own protection. And there are many other reasons which don't need to be discussed over and over again. But the main thing is that Allah is protecting the woman. This is why He has said that in case she forgets, then the other will remind her. And also remember, that only when it comes to certain matters, then it is that the testimony of two women is required. okay? Or that two women are required to be there. When it comes to other matters, then the testimony of one woman is also sufficient. Where the testimony of a man will not be accepted. So this is not that in every situation, in every kind of court case, two women have to witness. No, it's only in certain matters. For example, when it comes to family law, family law, who knows about families in general, all the relatives? Who is good at that? The women. They know, okay, you know, we have that great-aunt who has that niece who lives in this country, in that city. So when we're going there, we're going to visit. And the husband says, really? I didn't even know I had that great-aunt and that cousin and so on and so forth. The husband doesn't usually know. Who knows? The wife knows, typically. So when it comes to family law, the testimony of woman is accepted. Especially in the case of Radhaa. when it comes to suckling. When it comes to suckling a child, nursing a child, then the testimony of one woman is accepted. For example, there was a case at the time of Uthman al anhu where a woman had nursed several children. They were not her own children, they were different children from various families. She had nursed them. And we know that if two people have been nursed by the same woman, then they have the relationship through رضاء. Which means that if it's a boy and a girl, then they both cannot get married. They're like brother and sister. So they don't have hijab between them. They're mahram to each other. So, It happened that she nursed many children and all of them grew up and some of them did not know that they were all nursed by the same woman. So two of them, a man and a woman, they ended up getting married. So this woman said that, no, I nursed both of them. And she went alone and she testified and her testimony alone was accepted. Another man was not brought. Another woman even was not brought. Only the testimony of one woman was accepted. So remember, when it comes to these laws, you know, being a witness, it's not that Islam has a bias against the women. No. In certain matters, the woman has been given extra protection, extra comfort, so that she is safe. She is not harmed. She is not exploited. So, فَتُذَكِّرَ إِحْدَاهُمَ الْأُخْرَىٰ And also remember that giving testimony is not a privilege, it's actually a huge responsibility. Has any one of you been to a court? How is it? It's serious. It's serious. You know, you watch those shows on the television, everything is so serious and people start crying, and you know, people lose their emotion sometimes. They're not able to control themselves. So a woman is given comfort that you're not alone here, your buddy's with you. Recitation.
1: Ya ayyuhal amanu idha tadayantum bidaynin ila ajalim musamman faaktubuuhu wal yaktub beynakum katibun bil'adl ولا يأب كاتب أي يكتب كما علمه الله فاليكتب واليمل للذي عليه الحق واليتقى الله ربّه ولا يبخس منه شيئا. فإن كان الذي عليه الحق سفيهًا أو ضعيفًا أو لا يستطيع أن يمّله فليملل وليه بالعدل واستشهدوا شاهدين من رجالكم فإن لم يكونا رجلين فرجل وامرأتان من تَرْضَوْنَ Then Allah says that the
0: shuhada, the witnesses, shuhada plural of shahid or shahid, they should not refuse. إِذَا ما, whenever du'u they are called. Du'u from the root letters, دَالْعِينُ و. So whenever the witnesses are called, they should not refuse. Now when would the witnesses be called? At two occasions, primarily. One is at the time when the transaction is being recorded. So for example, the transaction is being recorded and it's being recorded in a masjid and the debtor, he goes and gets two uncles from the masjid and he says, please uncle, can you please come and testify? Just witness this transaction. And they say, okay, they come and they sign over there that yes, I bore witness to this transaction. Such and such amount was taken by so and so and it's to be returned on such and such date. They're given a copy of the contract. They keep it. So they're called to witness the transaction. Should they refuse? No. The person should not say, no, no, please keep me out of this. I don't like these messy things. You know, money, very messy, very dirty. I don't want to be a part of this. Please keep me out. No. Your friend needs your help. Your brother, your sister in Islam needs your help. And if you are available, they need you. They need the money. So don't refuse when you're called as a witness. And as a witness, you will not be held responsible in the sense that you don't have to give any money. You just have to witness. You just have to help facilitate the transaction. Secondly, another time, they will be called, hopefully not, but they might have to be called in court to witness the legal document is presented and the witnesses say that yes, I was present on that day, that evening in the masjid when these two individuals, they came and the other witness was so and so and this transaction was agreed upon. So if he is called the first time or the second time, should he refuse? No, he should not refuse. So whenever the witnesses are called upon in order to witness the contract or later to testify to what was the contract, they should not refuse. The Prophet ﷺ said, the best of witnesses is the one who comes forward with this testimony before he is asked about it. So even though you're not called, but you know that you should be there, you should help solve the dispute, then go ahead. So, وَلَا يَأْبَ الشُهَدَاءُ إِذَا idha Then Allah says, وَلَا tasamu." Back to writing the contracts. وَلَا tasamu. Tasamu. سِين hamza, مِيمٌ سَأْمُ Sa'am is to get tired and bored of doing something because you have to do it again and again. Like you get tired of doing your lesson because you have to do it seven times. And you say, you know what, I know it, I've done it two times, tomorrow I'll get through the groups, so forget about it. And when the test comes, then you're in trouble because you haven't memorized, so you don't know. So sama is what? To get bored, to get tired of doing something because you're doing it over and over again. Allah says, وَلَا تَسْأَمُوا Don't get bored, don't get tired. And تَكْتُبُوهُ That you record it, that you record the transactions. Sagheeran or kabiran. Whether the transaction is sagheer, small, or it is kabir, or it is big. Sagheer from the root letters? sad, غَيْن, ra. Kabir from the root letters? Kafba, So whether the transaction is small or big, don't be too tired to write it down don't get sick of it in other words write it down it's good for you ila ajali until its appointed time meaning until the loan has to be returned that term has to be recorded why because ذلكم, that owe oh you all aqsatu it is more just in the sight of allah aqsat what does qist mean justice So it is more just in the sight of Allah. And qist in particular is that everyone, whatever right they deserve, you give it to them. There's that element of giving everyone the nasib, the share that they deserve. So it is more just in the sight of Allah. How is it more just? How is it more fair? That no one will suffer. The creditor, he will get back his loan and the debtor, whatever he has to give. Only that he has to give, not more, not less. So it is more fair in the sight of Allah. وَأَقْوَمُ And it is stronger Shahada for evidence. Meaning it is stronger as evidence. أَقْوَمْ from the root after قَافْ وَأَمِيم Iqama is to make something established. So أَقْوَمْ it is more established, meaning it is more authentic, it is stronger, it is more proper. It is more firm, it is stronger shahada for the evidence, meaning as evidence. In other words, one is that you have people who have witnessed the transaction, and the other is that you have a legal document on which the details are written, and the signatures are there. What is stronger as evidence, the people or the document? The document. You know, it is notarized, stamped by a lawyer, you know, the legal signatures, everything is there. What is stronger as evidence? The legal document. What would you trust? A document or people? Document. The witnesses are there just as an extra help. But the main thing is the legal document. This is why Allah says Wa لِلشَّهَادَةِ mulishahada. Wa and more likely, more closer, Adna from the root letter is Dalun waw the new is to be close so athana more closer meaning it is more likely when you have documented the transaction la tartabu that you will not be in doubt tartabu from irtiyab rayaba irtiyab is to entertain doubts so it is more likely that when you have recorded the transaction then you will not have any doubts because if you keep everything in your head then it's possible that you get confused later. You're not sure whether it was 2250 or whether it was 2225. 20 you're not sure whether it was the first Monday of the month or the second Monday of the month. Because you're a human being. It's quite possible that you're supposed to travel somewhere on the second Monday of the month and you get confused that no, it was the second Monday of the month that he was supposed to return the loan. You get mixed up doesn't it happen with you that you have a dentist appointment and a doctor's appointment and you know that you have two appointments and you end up going to the doctor's on the time when you were supposed to go to the dentist it happens sometimes with people they get confused when there's too many things so what's best write it down so you don't get confused later you don't forget so wa adana un there's one exception one exception to recording the Contracts meaning when is it that you don't need to record the transaction? Illa except. The only case when you will not record the transaction is Illa antakuna that it is, meaning the transaction is Tijaratan, it is a transaction. Tijara from the root letters Tajimra Tajara is to trade, to be in business. So unless it is a trade that is Hadiratan. Hadra, Hadadra, what does Hadura mean? To be present. So everything is present there, meaning it is a on-the-spot transaction. The money was given, the item was handed over, finished, done. Tijaratan حَضْرَةً Before the two parties leave, the contract is settled. So in this case, you don't need to write the contract. But still these days, what do people do? They issue you a receipt, which helps you later when you have to return or you have to exchange or you have to go and say you charged me for 3 whereas i bought only 2 or you charged me for 1 whereas i bought 2 so a receipt helps so yes immediate transactions it is good if you write them down but is it necessary no it's not why because tudiruna baina kum from the root letters dal wa ra dara yaduru is to go around adara yudiru is to make something else go around meaning you make the thing go around the transaction just goes around you give the money you take the object and the circle is complete you gave the money and you took the object the circle is complete it's done so there is no blame on you Allah that not you write it so there's no harm if you don't write it then Allah says and Call witnesses, obtain witnesses. Ashidu Shinhada meaning call people to witness either when This is important. تبايعتم. When you trade with one another. Tabayartum is from the root letters بايعين. And bayr is to sell, to buy in order to gain profit. So when you do bayr with one another, then you call people to witness. What is this buyer? This is a commercial contract, a contract that is, you can say, a transaction that is big, that is major, that involves a lot of money. It's not like you're buying a packet of chips, but that you are buying 20 boxes that have 20 packets each of chips. So that's a huge transaction, a huge purchase. So when you're making a commercial contract and the payment is delayed, Due to the nature of the contract. So for example, you buy a house. Now the house cannot be given in your hand. The legal documents, they will take some time. Even though it is immediate, you're right there, you're buying everything, still you have to write the details down. When you're buying food, you can just put it in your bag and go away. But when you're buying boxes and boxes, then it has to be delivered to your house. Or you have to go wait outside and pick up from the pickup location. So it's a huge purchase. So when the nature of the contract is such, then you must call people to witness. And this is not wajib, but it is mustahab. Once the Prophet he purchased a camel from someone, and he said, I will just give you the money, come with me. So the man was following the Prophet ﷺ and they were walking through the marketplace and then many people were asking about the camel. That if the Prophet ﷺ has not bought it yet, may I please buy it. There were people who were interested in buying the camel and there were people who were making greater offers. So the man was like, okay, you give giving the money now or I'm going to sell it to someone else. The Prophet ﷺ said, no, I bought it from you already. Just come with me so I can give you the money the man said, call witnesses to this. So one of the Sahaba he said, I'm a witness to this, that the Prophet ﷺ did purchase the camel from you. So the contract was made. You did agree to sell this to him. He bought it from you. He just has to give you the money. Just wait for a few minutes. The nature of the contract is such that he couldn't hand over the money to you immediately. So, in these matters, ashhidu ida تَبَيَعْتُمْ So we see that in these matters, recording the transaction is not necessary, writing it down is not necessary, but it's best that witnesses are present. So we see that transactions are of different types. Some are immediate. Others are small. Others are big. For some, it's best to have the record as well as witnesses. For others, it's best to have just the witnesses and not the record. So, Depending on the nature of the transaction, do whatever is best. Then Allah says, Another important point, that the katib, the scribe, he should not be harmed. ضرر, to harm someone. How could the scribe be harmed? He may be threatened. That you better change the details or else your wife is killed. You know, when it comes to big contracts, then people give such threats. Or you're going to lose your job. You're fired. Or such and such will happen. So Allah says, Wala The kathib should not be harmed. "Wala shaheed Nor should the witness be harmed. The witness should not be harmed. Because sometimes it happens that if there is a person who witnessed a particular act, then the criminals, what do they do? They kill him. Or they threaten him. If you dare go give the testimony, then you'll see the consequences. Then in some bigger cases, people have to be given witness protection. So Allah says, "Wala wala shahid." Why? Because the kathib and the shaheed have nothing to do with your mess. They're just fulfilling their duty as a good citizen. So don't harm them. It's nothing personal here. They're doing you a favor in fact by recording the details for you, by witnessing for you. ولا ولا شهيد. and there are different ways of harming the scribe or the witness. sometimes a witness or a scribe could be harmed by, you know, not being paid for their services or by being harassed again and again. the witness is told two o'clock in the night, please come. you have to come right now. witness is for me. or you have to come take a flight and come to this city. i mean he's paying out of his pocket. so don't abuse him. Because remember, the one who harms another, then what happens to him? Allah harms him. dar دار The one who harms another, then Allah will harm him. So وَلَا يَضَارَّ كَاتِبٌ وَلَا شَهِيدٌ Allah says, وَإِن تَفْعَلُوا And if you do so, meaning you harm the scribe or the witness, فَإِنَّهُ Then indeed it will be فُسُوقٌ بِكُمْ It is a sin on your part. فُسُوق, فِسْق It is a great sin on your part. Meaning, harming the witness or the scribe is not something that is small. It's actually a sin. A sin for which a person will be held accountable, punished on the Day of Judgment. فَإِنَّهُ بِكُمْ It could be a means of erasing your good deeds. Allah says, وَاتَّقُ Have fear of Allah. وَيُعَلِّمُكُمُ Allah, And Allah will teach you. You fear Allah, and Allah will teach you. Allah will teach you, will teach you what? What to do. How to do? You have fear of Allah, and Allah will teach you. Should you write the transaction? Should you only call witnesses? Or should you not do anything about it? Allah will teach you. The taqwa of Allah leads to ilm. Fear of Allah leads to gaining knowledge. Only in financial matters? No, in every matter of life. In every matter of life. Because when a person has fear of Allah then he wants to make sure that he is doing everything in the right way. When he wants to do everything in the right way, then he will find out. And when he will find out, he will search, then Allah will give him the solution. Sometimes very quickly, sometimes after some time. Now for example, one is that you know, you're know you like, oh, you know whatever food it is, whatever ingredients they have, I don't care. I don't read the ingredients, so that I don't know, and I eat whatever. Is that taqwa of Allah? No. Taqwa of Allah is that a person becomes careful. That if I'm having you know, something with cheese ingredients or some other ingredients, I should know. What is it that I'm putting in my mouth? Because Allah has told us to eat that which is halal and tayyib. And yes, my mom doesn't know, my dad doesn't know, but who knows? Allah is watching me. So a person has taqwa of Allah, then what will he do? He will check the ingredients. He doesn't know about one or two things. What will he do? If he has fear of Allah and he wants to eat, he will call them up, and he will find out. Likewise, you want to make sure that you are doing your wudu right. Taqwa of Allah. Who's going to tell you, who's going to check you in the washroom whether you're doing wudu in the right way or not? No person will come and find out. Allah knows. So if you have taqwa of Allah, you will find out, am I doing this correctly or not? Is this okay or not? So taqwa leads to attaining knowledge. The more fear a person has, the more knowledgeable he will become. وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهُ وَيُعَلِّمُكُمُ اللَّهُ وَاللَّهُ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ عَلِيمٌ And Allah is knowing of everything. Allah knows about everything. Allah says in Surah Al-Imran, Ayah 5, that إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَخْفَى عَلَيْهِ شَيْءٌ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَلَا فِي السَّمَاءِ To Allah, nothing is hidden from Him. Neither something in the earth, nor in the sky. Anything in the earth, in the sky, Allah knows about it. So your contracts, your transactions... The receipts, the purchases, the delay in payment, who knows? Allah knows. It's somewhere hidden on the internet, in an account, on the computer, in a filing cabinet. Who knows? Allah knows. It's hidden from the eyes of people, but who can see it? Allah can. So have fear of Allah, and Allah will teach you what the right way of doing business is, what the right way of buying and selling is. So we see that it is the fear of Allah that keeps a person straight, that makes a person do right in every matter, whether it is financial matter, family matter, whatever it is. Then Allah says, وَإِن كُنْتُمْ عَلَىٰ سَفَرٍ And if you are on a journey, and when you are on a journey, is it possible that you need to borrow some money from someone? Yes, very much possible. What if you lose your wallet? May Allah protect you, but what if? Or... Let's say you want to buy something, but you don't have all that money with you at the moment. You have it at home, but you don't have it then. So, basically, you're buying something, but the payment is deferred. It's a dayim. So, if you are on a journey, walam tajidu كَاتِبًا And you cannot find a scribe. Back in the day, like I told you, any person could not be a scribe. A person had to know how to write. And these days also, what if you don't get an opportunity to find someone to write the document for you? You don't have much time. Katib ibn Abbas said that even if they find a scribe but did not find paper, ink, or pen, you have to conclude the contract very quickly. Walam تَجِدُوا كَاتِبًا But it's a big exchange. It's a big transaction. Then Allah says, فَرِهَانٌ maqbuda. Farihanum makbuda. What does it mean? Then a security deposit should be taken. Rihan is the plural of the word rahn and rahn is a pledge, security, mortgage, collateral. Literally, rahana means habs to retain something. Allah says in the Quran, "Kullu bima kasabat Rahin is basically an item that is kept by the creditor as a guarantee that his property will be returned to him. And who's the actual owner of that item? The debtor, the one who is borrowing money from him. I remember somebody once mentioned this, that in school, if you wanted a pencil or a pen from your teacher and people have a reputation of borrowing pencils and pens from the teacher all the time, and the teacher she runs out of pencils and pens all the time, then a time comes when she says, give me your shoe, leave your shoe here, take the pencil. When you're done with the pencil, bring the pencil back and take your shoe. Okay? So that shoe is what? Rahan. It's a security deposit. From who? From the debtor. That you keep my shoe, and I'm telling you, I will give you back your pen. So when the pen is returned, the shoe will be returned. This is what rahan is. So Allah says, if you're traveling, you can't find a scribe, you're not able to record the contract, then farihanun makbuda. Makbuda from qaf Qabd. Qabd is to grasp, to take something, to take something in possession. So makbuda, it will be taken in possession by who? By the creditor, the one who is lending. And it will be given to him. Makbuda, it will be given to him in his hand, in his name. It will be transferred in his name. But this is temporary. Now, there are four things involved when a rahin is deposited. One is the rahin, the one who gives the rahin, meaning the debtor, the borrower. The rahin, the one who is giving the security deposit. Why? Because he is taking a loan. Second is the murtahin, the murtahin is the one who keeps the rahan. And who is he? The creditor, the one who is lending. So, in the shoe example that I gave you, who is the rahin? The student. Who is the murtahin? The teacher. Then, the rahan. Rahan is the object, the item which is given as a security deposit. So, in that example, what's the rahan? The shoe. Then, marhoon bih. That's the fourth thing. What is marhoon bih? It is the amount which is taken in exchange for the rahan. So in that example, what is the murhunbe? The pen or the pencil. So these are the four things. What are they? Rahin, Murtahin, Rahin and Murhunbe. So Farihanam Makbuda. Who will give the Rahan? The Rahin. Who will keep it? The Murtahin. And remember that this deposit, this Rahan can be given in four situations. One is on a journey when people are traveling. Why? Why is this allowance given when a person is traveling? Because when a person is traveling, then you need a security deposit. You don't know who that individual is. Somebody says, may I please borrow $500 from you? I lost my wallet. I'm a tourist here. And you're like, okay, you give me your gold ring and I'll give you $500. You don't know who that individual is. What if he's cheating you? What if he's lying to you? He says, here's my number. And later on you call that number and says, you know, this is not a number. There's nobody here. So you don't want to get cheated. It's a huge amount of money. So in that case, rahan will be given. So when? On a journey. Because it is more needed in that situation. But remember, it's not limited to journey only. It's not limited to when a person is traveling. It can also be given when a person is at home. So for example, you're at home but there's no scribe. It's a small town, no lawyer, no person who can write such a legal document, no one who's aware of these matters. So, you can't write the contract, but at least you can give the security deposit. So it's also allowed at home. Thirdly, when the transaction is recorded, the witnesses are there, but still the creditor wants to be sure that his money is returned to him. Like, the transaction is recorded, the witnesses are brought, but the creditor says, no, you have a bad reputation. Or, I don't know you. You have no credit history how do i know you give me something as a deposit and fourthly on a journey that the contract is recorded and the rahn is deposited you find a katib you are able to record the transaction and on top of that the rahn is also deposited just to be on the safe side so it's not just on a journey when you don't find a scribe but also in other situations so farihanun maqbuda and notice the word maqbuda It has to be given to the creditor. It has to be handed over to him. The person doesn't say, okay, if I don't give you the money, then my ring is yours. No, no. You give the ring and then you take the money. You give the shoe and then you take the pen. It has to be given to the creditor, handed over to him. Now, a few things to remember. One is that in the case of the rahan, if the rahan is being deposited, it's not necessary to write down the transaction. It is best, but it's not necessary. Secondly, remember that the rahan will be returned to its owner once the loan is returned by him. Once he returns the loan, then he has to be given back his ring. Once he gives the pen back, he has to be given his shoe. Then thirdly, the actual owner of the rahan is the debtor only, not the creditor. So, you know, when you give the shoe to the teacher, that shoe does not become the teacher's shoe. No, it is still your shoe. When you have given the ring to the person, that ring does not become his. No, it is yours. You are still the owner. Fourthly, remember that the murtahin, meaning the one who has taken the رَهَن, in other words, the creditor, he cannot use the rahan. He cannot benefit from it. So, for example, the teacher says, "Oh, nice shoes! Give me both," and she wears them. Or the person says, "Oh, nice ring," and they're wearing it around, and you know they're washing dishes with it. It's, a, it's such a lovely, delicate band, and she's washing dishes with it, and you know it gets ruined, it gets damaged, and she says, "Not my problem. She has my stuff, so I can use it too." No, the murtahin cannot use the rahan. He is not allowed to benefit from it, except in the case where he has to spend out of his own pocket to take care of the rahan, So for example, it's a cow. You have to feed the cow. Now, you're feeding the cow, the cow is producing milk. So, can you use that milk? Yes, you can. Why? Because you are feeding the cow. Likewise, it's a cell phone. You're paying the bill every month. So, can you use it? I'm talking about not the actual phone, but I'm talking about the phone plan. Okay, you're paying every month $25 for it because that was the contract with the phone company. So can you use it to make a call here or there because you're going to end up paying the bill anyway? Yes, you can. The phone plan, you can. But the phone, not a good idea. So that's something that we must remember. And remember that the benefit should only be as much as the person is spending on that Rahan. Not that he says, oh, I've milked this cow for so long, you know, might as well slaughter it and eat it. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. Or for example, the cow has a calf and you hide the calf. No, you can't take the calf and the milk. You can take more milk when the calf is there or you can charge the person more money for for keeping both cows or whatever, but you can't take more advantage. So, for example, when it comes to this example of um, shoe and pen, can the teacher use the shoe? Can she? No, she cannot. Can she sell it? No, she cannot. It's an amana with her. It's a trust with her. Now, one more thing is that the rahan should be equal to the amount of the loan. It should be of equal or similar value at least. Because it's a security deposit, right? It's a security deposit that if you don't give me my thing back, by this date, then this is mine. Because a term was fixed. You have to give me my money back by the end of the year. If you don't give me my money back by the end of the year, then this cow is mine. So this pen and shoe, is it right? It's not right. Because the value of the shoe is more than the value of the pen. So this is not fair. Example of collateral is fair. But when it comes to uh, technically in Islamic sharia, is that correct? It's not. You have to give something of equal value. So farihanun makbuba then Allah says فإن if أمن بعضكم بعضًا some of you بعضكم some of you Amina, he trusts بعضًا so أمن بعضكم بعضًا that some of you trust others meaning you trust one another there is some kind of informality between you then فليؤدي الذي تؤمن أمانتهו فليؤدي then he should return يؤدي from the root letters hamza dalia from the word ada to return to fulfill, to deliver. So he should deliver who? Alladi, the one who uh, tumina He was trusted. amanatahu His trust. Who is being trusted? The one who has taken the loan, the debtor. Because when you're lending money to someone, when you're lending a pencil to someone, when you're lending something to someone, you are trusting them that you will give my money back, you will give my ring back, you will give my pencil back. Okay? And I know you, you know me, we are in good terms, I trust you. So in this case, no writing, no witnesses, and no rahan either. Do you understand? In the case where people trust each other, they know each other, then you don't need to write the contract, you don't need to call witnesses, you don't need to give a security deposit. But Allah... Tells the person who has been trusted with the property of the other that you have been trusted, therefore you should return the amana. That when you said, I will give you your money back tomorrow, then you give it. When you said, I will give you your sweater back, then you give it. And someone has trusted you. So fulfill that trust. Don't lose that trust. And Allah advises us, وَلِيَتَّقِ اللَّهَ And this person should fear Allah, his Lord. This person should fear Allah. That yes, you were on good terms, you were neighbors, you were friends with each other, and you borrowed something from the other, and he didn't call any witnesses, he didn't make a big deal out of it because he trusted you, and then there you disappeared. You ran away. Remember, you cannot run away from Allah. Because He is your Rabb. He is your Lord. yattaqilla If you don't give the haq to the other, then Allah will question you about it. Allah will hold you accountable. On the Day of Judgment, you will have to give your good deeds to them. So, yattaqilla This is very, very important for us to remember. Because many times it happens that we have exchanges with each other. And we don't write things down. We don't record. We don't call witnesses. There is no rahan involved. Why? Because the other is trusting us. So, fulfill that trust. Don't deceive them. Don't betray them. وَلَا تَقْتُمُ <الشَّهَادَة> Another instruction, that do not conceal the testimony. Do not hide it. Meaning, if you witnessed a transaction, then don't hide the testimony. Why? وَمَن يكتمها, Whoever hides it, فَإِنَّهُ Then he is sinful. What is Sinful. قلبه, his heart is sinful. athim from the root letter Hamza حَمْزَةَ ثَامِين is sin So, his heart is sinful. Meaning the one who hides the testimony, he bore witness to the transaction, and then he doesn't go and testify, or he doesn't give the correct testimony, then Allah says his heart is sinful. Why is the heart described as sinful? Because where is the memory of the testimony? In the heart and mind. And where is that decision to hide the testimony? Where is that decision? Where is that niyyah? In the heart. So the heart is mentioned because the heart is involved in this act of hiding the testimony, of knowing the testimony. And remember, that if the heart is right, then the rest of the body is right. And if the heart is corrupt, then the rest of the body is corrupt. So فَإِنَّهُ آثِمٌ قَلْبُ وَاللَّهُ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ عَلِيمٌ And Allah He is fully aware of whatever you do. He knows about what you do. Anything that you do, nothing at all, is hidden from Allah. Bimā ta'maluna, whatever you do. So, something you're borrowing, something you're lending, you promised another, you gave your word, you committed. So, Allah knows. People might forget. Others might not know. Your parents might not know. Your spouse may not know. But who knows? Allah knows. So be careful. Now, over here we see that hiding testimony is something that is not allowed. Meaning if a person has witnessed something and the witnesses are being called, then he has to stand up. Because hiding testimony is a major sin. Remember that. So for example, you know, you can see that someone is cheating. You are a witness to that act. You know that someone is stealing. You're a witness to that act. You know that someone went in where they were not supposed to. You're a witness to that act. And later on, the matter is being investigated. Who stole? Who cheated? Did they cheat or not? You saw. Allah made you witness that scene. You are not allowed to hide the testimony. Your iman demands from you that you stand up for the truth. You stand up for justice. Because Allah tells us, in Surah an nisa Ayah 135, that, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا كُونُوا قَوَّامِينَ shuhada شُهَدَاءَ لِلَّهِ wa عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِكُمْ That stand up for justice, even if it's against yourself. Even if it's going to end up harming you, still stand up for justice. Because the one who does not stand up for justice, then his heart is sinful. فَإِنَّهُ آثِمُ الْقَلْبُ And remember that Allah knows. Notice how again and again, Allah's ilm is mentioned. That you can't hide from Allah and when it comes to financial matters people become very secretive this is how they end up harming others but remember that allah knows
1: recitation ya amanu tadayantum ila ajanim فكتبو، واليكتب بينكم كاتب بالعدل، ولا يأب كاتب، أي يكتب كما علمه الله، فاليكتب، واليمل للذي عليه الحق، واليتتق الله ربّه، ولا يبخس منه شيئا. فإن كان الذي عليه الحق سَفِيهًا أو ضعيف أو لا يستطيع أي من له وفلهم للولي بالعدل واستشهد شهدين من الرجالكم فإن لم يكونا رجلين فرجل وامرأتان من ترضون من الشهداء. تَضِلُّ إِحْدَاهُمَا فَتُذَكِّرُ إِحْدَاهُمَا الْأُخْرَى وَلَا يَئَبَ الشُّهَدَاءُ إِذَا مَا دُعُوا وَلَا تَسْأَمُونَ أَن تَكْتُبُوهُ صَغِيرًا أَوْ كَبِيرًا إِلَى أَجَلِهِ ذلكم اقسط عند الله واقوم للشهاده وادناء ألا تغتابوا الا ان تكون تجاره حاضره تديرونها بينكم فليس عليكم جناح الا تكتبوها واشهدوا اذا تبايعتم ولا يضار كاتب ولا شهيد وان تفعلوا فانه فسوق بكم واتقوا الله ويعلمكم الله والله بكل شيء عليم وإن كنتم على سفرٍ ولم تجدوا كاتبا فرهان مقبوضا فإن أمن بعضكم بعضا فاليؤدِّ الذي أت أمانته ويتق الله رب ولا تكتم الشهادة وَمَنْ يَكْتُمْهَا فَإِنَّهُ آثِمٌ قَلْبُهُ وَاللَّهُ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ عَلِيمٌ
0: So should every transaction be recorded? No. Which ones have to be recorded? Those that are major, where a person does not know the other, There's a lack of trust where the payment is delayed. It's a little more technical. So in that situation, the transaction has to be recorded. But if people trust each other, then does that need to be recorded? No, but it is still better to do that. It is always better to record the transaction. Now I have a couple of questions for you. Write them down so that you can discuss them in groups tomorrow. And these questions, please get the answers from now. Study the ayah yourself because a review is very important otherwise you'll forget it okay one is what is a dain what is a dain who is the creditor who is the debtor who is the katib what does he have to write who are the witnesses when do they have to witness and what are the additional commands regarding the katib and the shaheed that are given in these two verses. With regards to the witness and the scribe that Allah has given in these two verses. So, make sure you study the ayah as you're doing the translation and answer the questions as you're learning the translation, inshallah. So tomorrow, you can discuss them in groups. Subhanakallahumma Allahumma wa la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.